This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 84, recorded July 24th, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome to Modern Geek. Welcome back, yes. Indeed. So, <laughs> I, this has nothing to do with anything, but uh, <laughs> I... I uh, I was looking at, uh, they just released uh, version 3.10 of uh, uh, the Linux kernel. Oh, yeah? And now they're starting development on 3.11. Uh-huh. Uh-oh, I, I feel a Windows joke coming on. Yeah, they, they're, they're, the dev version, they're calling it Linux for work groups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who remembers that, right? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, he's altered the Tux logo during boot to have a little Windows flag hanging off of him. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. Nobody. I don't think that'll make production, but uh, no, you know. <laughs> no, probably not. I saw that, and I'm like, hey, I remember 3.11. Yeah, you know, also not on our list, but something I've been thinking about is as I'm rebuilding the uh, the Loveway podcast system here. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been thinking really hard about that. Oh, what do they call it? The uh, uh, next, you, uh, the, the little Intel boxes? Oh, the, the N-U-C, the NUC, NUC, I don't know. NUC. What, what does it stand for, though? It's like next... Uh, next unit of something. Of computing, that's it, or something like... Anyway, uh, kind of a neat idea. It's it's like it's like an Uber Mac Mini, almost, like taking it even further with just absolutely nothing in it that doesn't need to be there, mm-hmm. and yet not a bad-performing little box especially if you don't need specialty stuff like for example you do for a pro tools rig uh it's really not so bad uh certainly to run uh various i'm not even going to say the s word various uh telephony services <laughs> to communicate <laughs> with each other yeah and uh and record podcasts from a distance anyway uh and and um, the kind of work i've been doing lately has involved just hours of conference calls which i'm getting really sick of burning uh, admittedly i have like I don't know how many back minutes on my phone, like 16,000 or something. So yeah. uh, I'm burning up those first, but uh, when the time comes, I'm, I'm definitely ready to get to something a little more modern. And uh, I've been thinking about those, and they, it looks like a, a cool box. It also looks like it might be a cool solution for uh, home theater boxes for the people who don't want a an exposed system, like, like we do with minis, but uh, cheaper and uh, maybe a little bit, you know, this is this is like the first little box that I've come across that it feels like yeah this could actually replace the mini as a as a media front end yeah and do the same job I mean especially with these newer Intel processors where they're just building the graphics cart uh, straight into them and they're not crap yeah you know I mean you get you get one of these little tiny boxes you throw an MSATA you know thirty two gig hard drive in it or ssd i mean yeah and you you plug the hdmi port into it and you're you yeah know, it has visa you're, bolts you're on go. the back i of mean it. that's it right yeah yeah totally it has visa bolts on the back of it so you can just literally if you wanted to it would be very easy to slap it <laughs> on the back, back of the tv the monitor, yeah. on the wall yeah you know it'd be great 
This, this this is pretty cool. I mean, it's like I'll, I've always been fascinated with like the the thin client boxes and you know all the you know I had a shuttle PC at one point uh-huh. you know, back in the Pentium four days. Yeah, and you know m- um, micro IT or mini ITX motherboards and stuff like that. You know they're they're good. I mean, I've got a router that's a mini ITX board, but it's still a pretty damn big machine. And this, they're right. like, okay, you know what? Uh, you Let's know, do it right. Have a, have a port for an MSATA, have a port for a Wi Fi adapter, and then just, you know, three USB ports, one of them being a 3.0, an HDMI port, and two display ports, and an Ethernet port. Have there a nice day. That's what you need for something like this. Throw eight gigs of RAM in it or something like that. And I mean, it actually may, would make for a decent, I mean, 90% of PCs that are built today would run really well on this, and it's cheap, hard. Where I mean, Intel makes good motherboards, so I can't imagine this having problems. And it it's kind of interesting that Intel decided, you know, let's just do this, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, processor performance, you know, has kind of petered out in terms of desktop. So making, you know, taking all this development that they've made for portable laptops and stuff and build and instead using it to build one of these little tiny boxes so that well, you don't really need a tower anymore. Yeah, especially like for what I'm doing, you know, I mean, what I'm looking to do with it is the same kind of thing that I used to do with minis, you know, I don't, I, I'm not going to game on it. I don't need extreme anything, you but you don't even, want it to be a dog, you know? Yeah. And you could even do basic gaming on one yeah, of these. You could. Well, and, and we've certainly done yeah, done gaming on other machines you shouldn't do gaming on. <laughs> yeah. Eve on the Mini strikes me as a good example of that. Yeah, that was fun. I wonder how right it burned out Right till it melted. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. But anyway, I just wanted to bring it up because I'm fascinated by those, and I think one of them is, is probably in my future for uh well, especially for at like, what, 400 bucks for the i5 version? Yeah. And, it's kind of hard to go wrong at that price point. Yeah, and even less for an i3, which would probably be completely fine for what I'm doing. I mean, an i5 processor alone is what somewhere between 150 and 200. So <laughs> Yeah, you're not really... Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Indeed. I uh, Speaking of desktop machines, I've... Uh, I got a 256 gig SSD for my quad-core. New life, correct? Oh, yeah. Like like everything that this you machine that I've been talking about all year that I want to replace and upgrade, I don't need to anymore. <laughs> it, it, I mean, the Windows, the Windows awesome. experience number is now up to like seven point one, which is you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's at a nine point nine, but it's still it's. I, I just image the drive over and it you know switched from defrag mode to trim mode in in the maintenance and. It's damn fast. It is. It is co- breathe completely new life into this thing, and I am. I just took the other hard drive, reformatted, it, and now use it as a scratch drive. Nice. It's like perfect. I cannot. It's like I don't get to upgrade this thing anymore because it's kind of okay now. Yeah, but that's awesome because now you have you don't have to drop all that cash. Yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah the uh, the SSD I got off a of new egg. It was like something like two, 240 for a 256 gig. So I you, thought that was pretty good. You know, we're below the dollar a gigabyte at this point. So, you know, it, the, 
the the thing I was hoping is would come true is is happening. You know, these SSDs are becoming cheap enough that it just makes sense to put them in everything. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, I'm actually more excited about the tiny little purchase that you made very recently. Which one would that be? The mouse. The mouse. Yes, the uh, Logitech T400. Um. The answer to the Windows 8 conundrum of how the hell do I scroll sideways? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, Tell me you didn't already plug your magic mouse into it. What do you mean? Well, I mean, that is the answer is a touch touch no, capable. No, mouse. because because that that magic mouse scrolling stuff doesn't work properly in Windows. I could swear somebody came out with a driver for it. Yeah, but I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was using the magic mouse on my Mac, which is fine, and I'm I've I've all, I've been used to um, touch based scrolling for a really long time. Sure. So you know, I had a you know a Logitech uh, like M three twenty five mouse on the uh, on the on the quad core for a long time, which is a nice mouse. It's a you know nice little compact one, and it's just got a standard uh, roller wheel for scrolling with that you can lean left and right to do side scrolling, but nice. you know, it's not really a, uh, a solution for if you're doing a lot of horizontal scrolling. Right. So I, I was just browsing around and I came across the Logitech T 400, which is, you know, and again, a nice compact mouse, but not too small. So, you know, I, I have gorilla hands, but it, I've got a, <laughs> it, it fits my hand pretty well. It's got a nice kind of rubberized grip around the edge. Right. Which I actually like better than the Magic Mouse because you can actually kind of keep hold of it. You know, the yeah. the Magic Mouse, you can kind of, it kind of slides around a little bit. Now, I couldn't tell. Was there some kind of uh, button or actuation on the sides of it? No. Okay. No, it's just, it's kind of a texture that it, it literally looks like a rubber sleeve around the edge. But right. it's, uh, it's, it's kind of plastic molded into the, into the body. The, uh, it has two. It has a left click and a right click on it, and in the middle, it's got a glass scroll surface, kind of like the the top of a Magic Mouse. Mm-hmm. But it's it's it. You wouldn't think so, but it's large enough that you slide left and right, and you can uh, then and you can uh, you know when you bring up like say the Windows Eight Start screen and look at all apps, you can actually just you know swipe it back and forth and and do very smooth scrolling um back and forth which is handy and you know w- once you start using s- side scrolling in, in web browsers and and in, you know audio editing equipment you get real used to being able to scroll back and forth so it is nice having it and it's got kind of a dual mode function on the click on the on the middle right uh, if, if you click on the uh on the on the you know kind of the back of the of it it does like a, a center click you oh, know okay, for, okay. for that fast scrolling kind of setup but if you click up on the front of it it's like hitting a start button so it takes you to the uh to the app switcher nice which is pretty nice and my guess is that if this isn't already all configurable somebody will come out with a uh, a nice little app for it like they have on 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 the mac to allow you to configure all of those gestures and everything else to mean anything well the logitech tools are pretty good already nice. yeah like you can turn on and off stuff kind of like you can on the mac uh-huh. so you know you can make it pretty much do whatever you want and what i was surprised at is i mean i got it on sale at the buy more for 30 bucks <laughs> sweet 
and it's like a 30 buck mouse and it's you know i kind of like it almost more than the i've only had it a week but i mean i kind of like it more than the uh the magic mouse nice but it doesn't work for os 10 though so <laughs> why why well because you know they're like fine you want your you want your peripherals to be apple yeah fine we're we're just going to develop for windows then yeah great yeah whatever awesome I, whatever i got the magic mouse for the mac and i got the t400 for the for the windows one and i bumped them 325 down to the linux box <laughs> sweet which will never get used yeah well, <clears throat> it holds the back of the case up you know (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i have a positive report as well Mm, Uh, so i mentioned a while back that i bought a waterproof camera i'm pretty sure i talked about it yeah uh, here and and uh, i wanted to follow up with it because uh, i've had a little more time to take some pictures with it i've had some really good ones and, and i've come to learn a few things about it uh, at the time, I think not long afterward when I discussed it at first, I was a little bit concerned that maybe I had bought the wrong one, uh, that there were some others that were better. I've since learned that that is absolutely not the case. I do have the correct one. There are just some oh, limitations okay. to uh, to these waterproof cameras. I, should, I, I like to call everything water-resistant, kind of like there's no fireproof <laughs> stuff. Everything burns, you know? It's like yeah. at some depth, in some situation, everything leaks, you know? Uh, but this one is uh, remarkably secure for what it is. Uh, so first up, I, I was a little disappointed with with uh, low light capability, especially considering it had an f two lens. But uh, with with that small sensor size, what can you do? You know, it's just yeah. just the way it is. Uh, certainly, there are also limitations to lenses that can fit inside the waterproof housing. <laughs> uh if yeah. you yeah i mean the only way you're going to get anything better is to have a huge waterproof housing that can handle those big you know fold out lenses like you see like for example my s95 has and uh that's not going to happen it's just it, it would remove all of the functionality i you know i get in this argument a lot with p i used to now i just don't care but i used to get <laughs> in this argument a lot with people about uh various you know, pocketable cameras, you know, small cameras. Like, I don't see any reason to buy a point-and-shoot camera if you can't stick it in your pocket. Right. Like, if you can't stick it in your pocket, you might as well just bring the SLR. Kind of defeating the purpose at that point. (laughs) Exactly, you know. So, like, uh, a a lot of the Panasonic, for example, and some of the other really, really nice uh, point-and-shoot cameras have things like a lens cap. Yep. Come on, you can't take a lens cap off quickly and take a picture, and it won't fit in your pocket with the lens cap on it. Plus, the lens sticks out enough that it won't go in your pocket, you know? Once again, defeating the purpose. Exactly. Now, now they argue, and good for them. You know, they wear it around their neck, you know, all retro style in a case that makes it look like an old, you know, whatever. I'm not well, into that. You, I yeah. want to stick it in my pocket. Exactly. So, so yeah, like I... You know, I, I chose the S95 over those, even though some of them have slightly better performance in some situations because the S95 goes in your pocket. Yeah. Do you want to choose a camera based on the principle of the thing or, you know, buy a camera that you'll take with you? That's it. That's it. You know, especially if you already have an, a big SLR, you know, just use your right. SLR if you're going to carry a big ass camera. Otherwise, get some. So the reason I'm going through all this, which I know I've done on a past podcast is <laughs> it applies to this as well. The truth yeah. is you're buying this camera, at least I am, because I want to take it everywhere. Places I would never take a camera, you know? Mm. Uh, like in the pool 
or <laughs> or yeah, on I saw a ride. that you actually you actually submerged it, eh? I did. I finally got the guts up, and being the weenie I am, I I like literally opened it up, checked the seals, blew them off, cleaned them good, sealed it all up, and then took it on, dunked it for a little bit, and took a couple of uh, underwater pictures in bright daylight. Really good pictures. Good nice. stuff. There's there's a lot to learn, like any camera, too. I, I think the quality of the pictures you get from it come not just from the equipment, but rather from uh, uh, your your Knowledge understanding. Yeah. Exactly. And, well, and, that, that's kind of a universal thing across all cameras. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, anytime you get something new, you have to learn to use it. And that's exactly what I did. Over time, I learned to use it. And uh, it doesn't shoot raw. I'm totally, uh, you know spoiled my s95 does so yeah. i just I'm, i think wow everything should you know no it doesn't so you're working with jpegs which <laughs> means recompression when you pull it into photoshop yeah. the the other uh, all this crap aside if it's bright out and you take or even reasonably bright out and you take pictures with this thing you can get good pictures with it uh, i was a little pissed that the uh that the aperture settings on it where the aperture priority mode was only essentially via a variable neutral density filter instead of actual aperture changes right you were talking about um you know what i I looked and the others don't offer any control at all (laughs) oh so you kind of looked at oh okay yeah that that, that works (laughs) exactly it's like oh okay do do you want crap control or Or do you want no control (laughs) exactly plus in all honesty i mean there are the limits of of its ability to take pictures in the dark are so small uh yeah you're not not really going to worry about it 90 percent of the time exactly the one thing i kind of i mean what what bothered me is that i really wanted to force a uh force high shutter speeds and that's what i was trying to do there's no shutter prior because you know you're running you you're holding it in your hand and you're snapping pictures with it you're like yeah i really could, could we maybe up that a little there's no shutter priority mode so you can't just do that so i thought oh i'll cheat i'll put it in aperture mode and 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 open it wide open and that'll make it you know well (laughs) it does help a little because it slaps a bigger you know it slaps a a healthier neutral density filter on it and guess what you know it it does in fact cause it to shoot at a higher speed a little bit right Uh, i don't know bottom line is of the stuff that's out there that you can actually stick in your pocket and is waterproof this way far and away the best camera if if only because I'm a big believer, and I know I'm rambling, but I'm trying to explain exactly why I came to this decision. I'm I'm kind of weird. A lot of times with devices like this that are really purpose oriented, yeah, I, I think it's critical that you pick the features that are important to you. Like before, when I said it's important, it goes in my pocket. If it doesn't, then I don't care what the other features are. In this case, it needed to be waterproof. It needed to fit in a jersey pocket. It needed to be handleable. Those were things that were important. One of the things that is important, I think, that is oft overlooked in these kind of cameras is how long it takes to turn on and how fast you can take a picture after that. You know, as anybody with an iPhone knows, and one of the first questions I got was, why don't you just do this with your iPhone? I mean, there are a lot of reasons. But number one is I don't have 45 seconds to wait for the camera to come up. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, but besides that, I mean, even on some of the other point and shoots, uh, rugged point and shoots, they take maybe a second, a second and a half to come up. Doesn't seem like long, right? This one takes more like a third of a second. That's cool. Literally. And it, it auto focuses so fast. You won't even believe it. Like you push the button. It's focused. 
And that really makes a difference. You can turn the thing on, hit the button, and be taking pictures within less than a second, including autofocus. Well, and in the use case that you're that you're going for with the uh, you know trying to get shots, you know, in action on the go at a moment's notice, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I I think the other thing that's kind of cool about it is that. Uh, it, it shoots a lot quickly. You can set it like you can set it to take single pictures or to continue shooting as fast as it can when you hold the button down, right? Yeah. And I've learned that that is an excellent thing to do with it because when you're worried about maybe pictures being blurry from moving, you just shoot thirty of them, and one yeah, of and them will pick work. The one, <laughs> pick the one that's in focus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I do that a lot, and. Yeah. Uh, so I, I leave it in a mode that works perfectly for that. And, and that's how I got some of the cool pictures I have with it. I've been riding on the bike. I can reach around behind me. It has this nice big lanyard. You can stick your hand in the lanyard, rip it out, kind of fling it around and get it in your hand, turn it on. The, the power button is right by the, you know, the, the shutter release. Mm-hmm. Shoot pictures, shoot 30 pictures with it in a few seconds. I mean, it shoots up to 10 a second. I mean that's that's the use case scenario here. You, you just brute force it and and then figure out which one is the good picture. Because yeah. I mean, you know, storage is cheap. Just take as many as you can and pick the good one. That, I, that's perfect. I, exactly. I come back with and and Audra will laugh sometimes. I come back with three to five hundred pictures. <laughs> and you take ten, little, maybe three, four, yeah. <laughs> six. You know, but they're great. And I mean, it's not like yeah, it's not like you're you're taking them all to be developed. You know. Right. So anyway, uh, I, I really re- recommend it. The Olympus TG2. I'm a fan. Good pictures. Uh, just just please understand you're not going to take pictures at night with it. The flash sucks. Um, they this all do. A, this is a daytime camera. Yes. Yeah, seriously. I mean, bright, bright light. Yeah, I mean, cloud cover. You're fine. Uh, if it's dark, you're screwed. You're, you're not taking pictures with it. If you expect it to, uh, you know, to do amazing things that like your SLR, come on, it's not happening. Right. There's virtually no custom control over it. I found it best to just leave it in the program mode, which the only difference between program mode and automatic mode is it tells you what it's doing. Mm. Um, you get a few limitation controls that you can do from menus with it. Uh, aperture mode every now and then, if you're trying to force it, you know, to, to open up a little in bright light. Other than that, that's about it big fan good stuff it didn't leak by the way the one time i took it in the pool i'm sure it will <laughs> next time because i'm just a pessimist well yeah well you kind of have to be <laughs> when it comes to water and electronics indeed yeah actually what's interesting as well um i came across this a few days ago the samsung uh has made a ruggedized version of the galaxy s4 really yeah, they're calling it the Galaxy S4 Active. Um, it's got a slightly lower megapixel camera in it. But what they've done is that they've added um, some, wa- some water resistance to it and some ruggedization. So, you know, it can take a spill and it can take some dunks in the water. And apparently it does actually, you know, protect itself from... I'm, I mean, I'm sure you can't dunk it underwater in an extended period of time, but... You know, if if you if you drop it in the in in the, in the bath toilet. or something in the toilet, yeah, I was tra- yeah. You were trying it, not it, to say it. I'll just go ahead and yeah, say or, it. Or or in a puddle or something like that. It it sounds like you know it's this this is the Android phone for people who keep destroying their Android phones. 
I'll tell you what this would be great for. Mm. Uh, cycling, just like I was talking about, you know, if exactly it, if it can stand to be rained on, like maybe yep. not submerged, but it could handle being anything. You know how it is. You just go a step or two up from what it says. Like if it says it's submergible to a few feet, good. Yep. That means you can get rained on. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and you're good. That's a great idea. More people should do that. Mm. And it doesn't look like it, it's it made it super huge or anything. No, that well, that's what they said is that, you know, even though it's got all this enhancement to it, it doesn't actually make it feel that much bigger. Like it still feels like basically just like another Galaxy S4, just, you know, with slightly a slightly thicker. different texture. Yeah, it is slightly thicker if you but look I mean, at it. The, the S4, I mean, is, is pretty thin anyway. Mm-hmm. So, wow, this is a cool phone. I wonder if this thing has also the induction charging that's in a lot of those phones. Because if that's the case, then, you I mean, there's really no reason it would ever have to, you know, other than the headphone jack. You know, you'd, you'd think that it would be pretty, pretty easy to make it water resistant at that point. Yeah. What a great idea. And, you know, I wouldn't even mind, to be honest, on a on a phone that was made to be really water resistant if they just yep. ditched the headphone jack. Well, especially since you can just hook a Bluetooth up to it if you yeah. really need to. Totally. I mean, it's pretty cool. It is. That's a great, that's a great find. It's like a good that. idea. I'm, I'm, glad they're, I'm glad someone's doing it and Samsung is going to do it right. You know, I, I should... Uh, uh, I should probably point out on that same note that uh, Wahoo Fitness released their new iPhone 5 uh, bike case recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's it's brand new. It's called the Protect. You know, they always, like, remove the vowels and everything, and it's supposed yeah. to be cool, you know, how it is. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the idea, though, is that it essentially, uh, it, it's kind of like the previous cases that they have, but it's more water resistant. It doesn't have built-in Amp Plus capability, you know, an Amp Plus key built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because I think all of their stuff recently has been Bluetooth. And, oh, and they're switching over to that, huh? They are. Uh, the world is not yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> and <laughs> well, how is it that I mean, Bluetooth has been around since what ninety, you know, six. I have an opinion on that. You're asking why? Yeah. It's, it's because of the different standards. Well, yeah, Bluetooth 1, 2, 3, 4, 4.1, all that That's crap. right. And and the fact that the some of the uh, that Apple has chosen to go kind of a different direction than the rest has split the market. Mm. And, and right now some things if you have to kind of build for one or the other and it just I, I think that it's it's split things up so that instead of widespread adoption of it, uh, you're screwed, you know. And and the truth is that uh, the smartphone is becoming a part of the uh, like activity tracking and and training world. Yeah, but not it, it's still not driving it, you know. Yeah, there are a lot of people that run with their phones. There are far far fewer that bike with them. Uh, and of the people that that run with them, I think the reason is running with them in most cases, uh, ex- you really the only accessory that you need is a heart rate strap. Yeah. And there are a lot of Bluetooth heart rate straps out there. Wahoo makes a nice one. Mm. Um, and and if that if I were that's all I were doing, I I think I might be tempted to go with that. I need to carry the phone anyway. What the hell, right? 
Right, but you've got like the uh, the bike sensors and stuff too. Exactly, right? and though Wahoo Fitness makes one on the you know on the bike, it gets pretty crazy. You have uh, you have uh, power meters, you have uh, speed cadence sensors, you have a heart rate sensor, um, and and it is possible to make all these work together. In fact, uh, one company I forget who it is got pretty bright about this, and they made a Bluetooth uh, heart rate strap that is an Ant Plus transceiver. So right. essentially yeah. it can it can receive the Ant Plus signals and convert them. Yeah. And send them back to your phone so you can use it. But again, it's Karen, it's, it's such a kludge the It is. I, I, I hate it every time I see one of these companies go, "We've developed a new standard," which basically means, "Yeah, we're going away from the standards that already exist." Ant Plus is the widest standard there is for this kind of these kind of fitness sensors. Mm-hmm. Um it's pretty much the norm. Uh, it would be great if phones handled it. They don't. Uh, Sony made one, I think. It's yeah. Who, who well, it's, like I, phone? Uh, it's like Apple doing the the Nike Plus stuff. It's like yeah, that's good and all, but that pretty much narrows it down to one company and one other company that you can <laughs> well Bluetooth, interact with. Yeah, Bluetooth is probably the way. Uh, Wahoo Fitness has been an early kind of uh, adopter of the iPhone for biking. They made the only real reasonable bike kit for the uh, uh, iPhone 3 and 4 series. I would think, too, that probably Ant Plus is probably designed um, as well more with power saving in mind as well, where Bluetooth was kind of shoehorned in. I think, aren't they using that Bluetooth Smart, the the newest version that's kind of the low power? (sighs) Ah. Bluetooth. See, I'm not oh, an yeah, expert. But, that's well, it. See, that, that's it. Is that you know? I mean, exactly. we, we read about this stuff all day, and I, I don't I know. know what you're talking about. There's that low power Bluetooth stuff, but it's yeah, it's you know, one of the standards supports it, and you know, it, it was kind of sidelined in there, so it, the the signal itself isn't really designed to you know run off little tiny batteries that are strapped to your arm, right? Yeah, I mean the. It's still a question. You know, battery life is a question. Uh, Wahoo Fitness now offers a couple of paths that you could take if you're really, really dying to use your iPhone as your primary bike computer. Yeah. Uh, if you have a 4 or a 3, any of them in the series, they make a case with an Ant Plus uh, yeah. you know, transceiver built into it. Uh, if you have a 5, they have a, the new case, which is more water-resistant, has a better kind of twist-snap-on-off kind of system. Uh, that installs it on the bike, and uh, uh, no Amp Plus, mainly because they're expecting you to use Bluetooth. Uh, they also have a thing called the Reflect RRFLC, whatever the hell it is. You know, just remove all Reflect. the balls. Yeah, Reflect. <laughs> exactly, uh-huh. which is a tiny bike computer-sized device that communicates with the iPhone via via uh, that low-power low Bluetooth Smart, and it acts as a display for it. So you can run an app on the phone, stick the phone in your, you know, in your cycling jersey in the back or in a bag or something. And uh, the phone actually does all the processing and the recording. And it displays the stuff that you want to see on, you know, this nice little display. Yeah. Um, then, uh, honestly, though, here, here's, uh, here's the thing. You know, the other way you can go really is with, like, the Garmin computers, the new 510 and 810 uh, have our full bike computers are all Ant Plus based. Uh, they will communicate with the phone via Bluetooth, but only to their app to provide uh, updates and to grab weather data. Uh, probably, if I was going to go some way, that would be the best one. I'm not real hip on either. 
the the thing I don't understand, like for tracking in purposes like like uh, for the upcoming uh, century that I'm going to try to do, I think it would be cool if my you know my relatives and friends could track me so they could see where I am. And if they want to come see me finish, they don't have to sit around for, you know, three hours at the end waiting to see when I get there. Uh, and in that case, though, I'm just going to fire up one of the apps and stick it or just even stick my phone in my pocket and let them use find my friends to see where I am, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not that hip on worrying about uh, transmitting, you know, Amp Plus data back to them. Right. You know, I, I don't need telemetry. Just tell them where I am and I, I can I can swing that. So anyway, I'm a bit concerned going the phone route that it, it would be a little bit kind of a Rube Goldberg thing with a little bit of a, you know, cluster every time you tried to use it, which doesn't work for me. But if you really want to carry your phone on your bike and you want it to be relatively water resistant, you have an iPhone 5, this new one looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot That's of ifs, isn't it? Yeah, the, well, there always is, isn't there? There are. It's a very niche market. <laughs> I, I remember when when all my devices converged. You know, the, the GPS and the and the iPod and the phone, and it's like, it's, oh, oh yeah. now it's all in the iPhone, and now it's like, oh, no, we really don't need all of it in the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> for some we things, split, we can split know? some of that stuff back out. You know, for some things, for some things. Well, yeah, yeah. So uh, another thing on our list that I would I am excited to talk about is Mr. Reader. I think I mentioned it last time, just as or one of us mentioned the iPad uh, Reader replacement. Yes, Reader R E E D R used to be far and away our favorite uh, RSS consumption device. And of course, after the meltdown of uh, of Google Reader and the the diaspora <laughs> in the last month, right. You just uh, like using that word. It, it's a good word for this. I think that's what happened. I mean, it was it, it was a pretty popular, I, I guess, RSS. I, I would have used something like cluster frack, but. Yeah. <laughs> RSS consumers, however, seem to be more of a minority now. People are relying more and more, from what I can tell, on their social networks to find things. And uh, they're not really actively looking themselves yeah, I, or reading. I think a lot of, a lot of you know, not us wind up getting their their news through subscribing to twitter accounts that have news on them or facebook pages and that kind of stuff and those are effectively doing a similar thing you know you're getting the the news from these sites or collectors aggregated into whatever your social stream is and through that you know you get, effectively get the same thing however I kind of like my one-stop shopping <laughs> with uh, tiny, tiny RSS. I like doing my own thing. I, I still, mm. I still read friends' blogs. Yeah, uh, I, and and I still scan blogs for new information and that sort of thing. So I'm an RSS. Talk about consumer. it on your live journal. <laughs> yeah, not so much. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I never had a live journal account. Oh, neither did I. Actually. I was a big weenie, <laughs> and I, I always had my own WordPress install from day one. Like, literally, the first day we started Toolmonger back in, like, oh, crap. And, and GWC, incidentally, uh, right around the same time, back in, what was it, 2006? I, yep. uh, I Man, I started right off the bat with my own WordPress, self-hosted WordPress install. And I just, ever since then, I was kind of like, eh, I get LiveJournal. And I, I even get Blogger with the fact that they kind of, there's kind of a built-in community, which is neat. But, um I just being the geek I am, I couldn't handle what I can't. I can't break the blog myself. I want to break it. Exactly. 
Now it's just, ah, put up a Facebook page. And it is tempting, I'll admit. I, I guess the separation is kind of a bummer, but uh, I, I had a fun, I had kind of an interesting dis- discussion the other day with a friend about um, uh, a number of friends. And I think everybody who's ever used Facebook has has kind of seen this, but there's always that point where one of your friends says, that's it, I'm leaving Facebook for a while. Either I use it too much or I'm mad about something or I, I uh, you know, there's some experience that I, you know, I, you know what I'm saying. You know, I'm going to go out and see the world now and turn off Facebook. And I, 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 I guess my attitude about that, and I totally respect others, okay? My attitude about that has kind of been that those things rarely go hand in hand. You know, usually the reason that you're not seeing the world is not Facebook. Uh, you know, granted, you may be connecting in ways on Facebook you don't like. I get that. Uh, but But turning it off doesn't change the other behaviors. And... I think the, I'm a, I, I must be a weird case for the way I use Facebook, too, because when the other thing I've heard quite a bit is I want to talk more with people in person. And I'm like, you know, I don't really use Facebook for that. Like the people that I have access to in person, I talk to in person. Yeah, uh, I use Facebook to communicate with the people that I can't talk to in person, you know. Mm. And uh, I guess the other thing is. Uh, that makes me kind of weird about Facebook is I, I use it more as a pretty wide net instead of like, I'm, I'm expecting this is only my very closest friends and I'm going to share everything about my personal life in it. And, and, uh, the security is very critical to me because if anybody ever sees this, I'm boned and, uh, I don't trust any of that just from my man, I've written software. I, I don't know. Even if they wanted to do the right thing, which I'm not convinced that they do, uh, I don't know that they could, you know, it's just way too complex. So uh, my attitude is sort of like, yeah, 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 it is off limits to the public. But if somebody saw it, I'm not embarrassed about anything that's in there. So what the hell, you know? Mm. Anyway, I guess the big thing for me is I I, I was a very anti-Facebook person and uh, I, I like it now. It's very useful. I, I keep up with some people that I would not be able to otherwise. And I, I don't really have any other option for communicating with them. Mm-hmm. and certainly there's some organizational for for group organization stuff it's really handy you know yeah uh but but for blogging it's a tough one you know um i i've always seen blogs as long form you know not not like the if i had six words to say about something yeah i'd probably stick it on facebook you know when i have a thousand words to say about something or even 500 yeah that's going on on a blog, you know? Yeah. That's my attitude. Mm. You're right. So like, Mr. Reader, shut up. Okay. <laughs> that long roundabout essentially is to say blogs are cool folks. You really should, you should know what RSS is. Damn it. Anyway, yeah. uh, if you are an RSS uh, person like us and uh, you were looking for something afterward, we used reader. It was great. It still is for the phone. Thank, thankfully it now works with uh, what's it called? Uh, tiny, tiny RSS. Yeah, no, no, the, uh, the protocol. Fever? What's that? Fever. Fever, right. The fever protocol, which is supported with a plug-in, right, by, by tiny RSS. And yep. uh, so you're good to go. And uh, the problem was is that apparently we caught the guy in mid-cycle rebuilding a good version of the, uh, of the iPad app, right? Right, yeah. Because the iPhone app was just badass, but the iPad app had lagged a little behind. Well, that's what he said, is he was developing out the iPhone one and then realized that 
Ah, crap. I got to start over with the iPad one because it's just so far behind at this point. So he starts over and then right in the middle of that Google Reader takes a dump. Yeah, they're like, yep, bye. Oh, no. Crap, what are we going to do now? So he built into the iPhone support for Fever and some other things, too, to try to make it helpful to you. And yeah, like uh, Feedly and a whole bunch of stuff. A couple others, yeah. yeah really cool. Uh, but the, but the iPad, you were just boned. I still suspect when when it comes out, it'll seeing what he did with the iPhone and how he thought about the iPhone size and and form factor and made it work perfectly for it. I'm yep. betting it's going to be awesome. But in the meantime, uh, I kind of took the plunge and went out and spent about fifteen twenty dollars on apps to see what would happen, right. uh, and came across Mister Reader. Holy crap, Mister Reader is awesome. It is pretty cool. Uh, just blown away. Uh, what, what's your favorite stuff? I have mine, but I'm kind of interested to hear what yours is. I like the uh, the fact that it it's actually very uh, customizable. Like, I I I I don't do a lot of uh, storing of specific articles, that kind of thing. But I want a few options available. I want you know share to Facebook, share to Twitter, you know, share to email, and you know, I want very easy access to mark something as unread, uh, you know, being able to quickly switch from article to article to article without having to go back and forward. And you can set and to have it from oldest articles first to newest. And you can do all of that. You can set all of those options within Mr. Reader and just it, it winds up, you know, getting the interface exactly the way I want it. And I really don't have any gripes with it um with with the way that you can set it um because i can set all those options to be exactly what i want yeah i i don't know if you discovered by the way one of the things that early on uh, it has this kind of slider interface which i like yeah you know like you uh you can open just like with reader you can open uh, either a folder or as the folder as a whole and just see all the articles time in time order or whatever order you choose, you know, intermixed, or you can open the folder into the subfolder and then pick a particular blog or RSS feed or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, uh, when you do that, it, it, it slides over open. And then, you know, once you start reading an article, it slides back to the left to cover it. So you're reading full, full screen, right? Yeah. Making full use of the, of the space you have. But I don't know if you noticed, my first thought was, is wow, you know, the, the close button is on the top, right. And I tend to hold it in my left hand. And, mm-hmm. and so I have to use my other hand to, to tap the reach up and tap that button. And then I <laughs> yeah. realized that if you slid your thumb out from the right, you get a little menu that lets you go to the next or previous or uh, article or close it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, did you find that? I just bumbled no. into it. Yeah, that's no, right. I, when just you hit, get a I just hit the X button when I'm done. Well, I mean, I have the 10-inch iPad. Still. So I'm, I'm two-handing it all the t- on, on, on that kind of stuff. Still, I'm telling you, it's freak- you just got to see it. It's freaking awesome. It's it gives you like a thumb sized up or down and an X wherever think, you on the left side you do it it's it's sweet that's pretty cool this guy has really thought of everything well I think what he's what he's figured out is for an app like this where already you've got it's kind of a power user app especially after Google Reader shuts down no kidding it's like the people that are using this app really want to use this app <laughs> it's true and he's like okay so. I'm going to set the defaults of what I think is right, but here's the Knock option to out. make this exactly what you need it to be, which is perfect because, you know, power users are going to want 
things the way that they want them. And, you know, the, the uh, tyranny of the default, you know, only goes so far before you go, okay, well, you just let me do what I want. Hell yes. Also very effective. It has access. There are, I think, like 25 or 30 different sharing options that you can configure. And oh, yeah. you can make all the ones you don't like or don't use go away. That's what I like, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the worst part about, you know, on Android where you go share. 50,000 like, things. It's like Scroll no. through five different pages of stuff to get, oh, email. Okay. <laughs> it's like, no, I really don't need this many sharing options. I need Twitter. I need Facebook. I need email. Yeah, maybe Evernote, maybe Pocket or something, you know. Maybe, yeah. It's like it's a, a handful of yeah. sharing options yeah, yeah. For, for a reader. I really don't need that much more. Just thoroughly awesome. I, I th- go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say on, on in the same vein, I also like the fact that the uh, plugin community for Tiny Tiny RSS is so active. Um, you hit the nail able, on the head. Being able to come across like, say, oh, look, uh, Hootsuite, for example. Oh, there's no share option. Oh, well, there's a plugin. Drop now it there in. Is. Suddenly there's an icon. Share to Hootsuite. It just drops it straight into the API. It's Boy, you hit the nail on the head that the minute Google Reader actually died, like the development of all of these resources went out the roof. What's really cool, too, is that a lot of these development platforms are, are using Git. So it actually makes it really easy to keep the latest versions synchronized. Because I just you know, do a Git pull and <laughs> grab the latest version and uh, Not to mention, drop it straight into, the, straight into the web folder. It makes it real easy for anybody who happens to get pissed off that something isn't right to go in and join the project <laughs> and work on it. Yeah, I think I think that's what's what's um, been made evident is that the people that want to use this aren't really concerned with you know making sure their code is theirs. It's just like okay, we all like this type of tool. We all God. want it to work. So let's just throw as many coders at it and just get it all working. And and it it's just kind of been this groundswell of we need RSS and we need it our way. <laughs> Yeah, I I am really glad. I love it. This is where open source really shines. I'm a fan. Yeah, I I want to say it's like five bucks. The app it's worth three yeah, times it's that. Four ninety nine or five ninety nine. I think it it is well worth it. Yeah, let's put it this way. I don't feel bad at all having paid like fifteen or twenty to find it. You know, of <laughs> other apps, I still feel like I came out okay. So, and I am definitely not at all missing reader on the ipad at all it's just no <laughs> it's if if anything it's better than than reader was i think it is, it's certainly better than the old version now who knows with the new one because uh, the the uh, iphone version of reader blew me away mm. i would not have thought of half of that and it was sweet <laughs> so who knows we'll see so right now uh best best uh case you know, if you have any kind of service that's supported by either one, uh, Reader on the iPhone, Mr. Reader, R-E-A-D-E-R, on the iPad. Yep. Well, what else we got? I think we can get one more in here. Well, I uh, we've, we've made it this far, and we haven't heard an ad, so I guess we're both paying for Skype. <laughs> I am. Apparently, uh, Skype has started uh, in running video ads during calls for, uh, if you have a free account. Wow. Microsoft. Thank you for that. 
So, well, you know, I guess it was a matter of time free. I guess I, I'm part of the weird group that doesn't think everything should be free. Mm. You know, I, I'm not sure that offering high quality free telephony to everyone is is a real business. You know, right? Um, but again, at the same time, you know, the Microsoft SKUs are starting to slip in here, right? Yeah, what bothers you know, where, where's me? Where's Skype Data Center Edition or or the volume oh, license? Wow. Edition. What bothers me though is that I think you know this bothers me less than the fact that the stuff. Uh, that when you pay for Skype, it doesn't work very well all the time. It's gotten worse. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, I, I always make this, this gripe about um, uh, Google Hangouts is that I, 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 the, the, the first or rather the second time I used a Google Hangout, I, they had done a software update. The first time I used it, uh, they had this YouTube sharing feature where you click a youtube link and then everybody can watch the youtube video together cool really cool right second time they do a uh i use it they do a software update and that stops working and i said well i guess that's going to be the run of the mill for this program is that it's you know it's cool but every time they update it they're going to add new features and break the existing ones and skype seems to go on this path too it's like they add all this garbage into the into the ui and, you know, call quality goes down. And, I mean, we know that that's because they're starting to route calls, you know, not quite. They're not letting direct, you know, zero rat relay calls go through anymore. And they've changed the encryption scheme on the back end and, you know, made it more convenient for them to do the things they want to instead of prioritizing call quality. But it's just it gets so annoying. It's like. Skype used to work a lot better than it did than it does now. I mean, yeah, well, I guess I guess the trick is, is that for what it is, it's intended to be used for person to person communication with nothing serious. Well, it, that, that, I mean, and that's even more apparent with the, you know, they're building um, the corporate version of this, uh, which is Microsoft Link, L-Y-N-C. Right. They're rebuilding the back end of that using Skype technology. Yeah. So this is being pushed straight out into the consumer. Right. We don't really care about quality. We know we want more um, features and and value add stuff to to dump into it than than actual kind of. Yeah, I don't think this uh, Skype has any remote business focus anymore. I don't think. Well, or if they do, it's it's not something that that matters to us. I I think uh, I think for me, um, for what it is. You know, it's not bad for what we have used it for, and I think some other people have. I think it's probably time to start uh, looking elsewhere. The 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 quick. Hey, version- we haven't had to pay two hundred bucks a month for an ISDN line between you and me, so that. Oh, you have no idea, man. <laughs> right? That that I, I guess we're getting our our money's worth, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I I just feel like if you're just calling people every now and then, what the hell, you know, but for dedicated connections, probably time to start looking. I, I would also say I was having some performance issues on my, uh, on my windows box the other day. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. I literally just had like Minecraft running and nothing else. I was having problems. It was like the frame rate was dragging. It was huge IO access on the disc and processor all up on huge priority. So I, I'm closing down programs. You know, nothing's running. I'm like, what's going on here? Skype. Oh. Skype was using like 
85% of the processor doing, I don't know what to my hard drive. Like I ordering the call or something. I don't know. Right. Doing huge read and write to the disc. And Ouch. I'm like this. Okay. Screw it. I, and I'm just not letting Skype run by default anymore. I usually just let it sit in the tray, but it's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. It's, it's sad. Indeed, but nothing else in the marketplace. So <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. There you go. That, 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 that's the quality you get when there are the, when there is no competition. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the biggest problem, right? Well, it's there. not their fault. There's no competition. I mean, no, I, I know, but that, I mean, I'm talking more about the market in general. It's like they're, they're serious. They're, and it's been the case for a few years. There seriously needs to be some big competitor to Skype that comes along and, and, Agreed. At least mixes up the market. And throws I mean, away their money for, for six or eight years, essentially giving everybody crap for free until they realize, gosh, we have to charge for everything or we're going broke. And then yeah, sell then to someone. Yeah, they get bought by oh, a huge corporation. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> Funny. It's the circle of life, man. <laughs> yeah, circle of freeware. It is. It so is. <laughs> oh, this has been a lot of fun, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So quick uh, GWC update for the two people that sat through to the end of all of this. Um, we me being one of them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and me. I'm the other one. Uh, no, <laughs> things, have, uh, things are going well. We've been slowly working through the tech issues and have made additional progress. So it's looking better and better for uh, uh, being back with some fun stuff around the end of the summer. So these new web updates uh these new web cmss are pretty nice <laughs> indeed yes yes and uh gosh just so many things i wish everybody understood how much crap went on and behind this you know uh anyway we're working on it just to let you know anything else you want to add sir uh, thanks for everyone who continues to listen and oh, if yeah. you have any uh, feedback uh 214-296-9229 it's still there Call us. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Tell us we're full of it. Yep. We like that, that's, too. That's what I do. I generally call the line once a week and, and do that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just to keep myself in my own place, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll see you again soon. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum at galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.